Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Your grace for your mercies. Lord, we cannot ask for anything better than this. Than to be alive and to be in your house. And to be in your house this afternoon. Holy Spirit, we pray that you come and take charge of this. Your grace for your mercies. Lord, we cannot ask for anything better than this. Than to be alive and to be in your house. And to be in your house this afternoon. Holy Spirit, we pray that you come and take charge of this part of the service. We pray that you minister to our hearts. Father, I pray that you touch my lips even as I stand to speak to your children. May I not speak according to my wisdom, but may I speak according to the engrafted word of God. Holy Spirit, have your way in our midst. We love you. Send forth your angels that minister healing. Your angels that minister grace. Your angels that open ways for church members that deliver people from evil and from crimes. I thank you for what you are going to do in our midst this afternoon. I pray for a spirit of revelation and wisdom in the knowledge of you, O God. Open our eyes to behold the excellency of your power and the inheritance that you have reserved for the saints. Those who are called according to your purpose and those who have set their love upon you. We thank you, Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Shall I be seated in the presence of God? Wow. Are you surprised? Amen. Amen. Wow. I am really privileged to be standing in front of you this afternoon and to share the word of God with you. Amen. If you see me here, it's because of the father that I have. Amen. I'm, I'm not the pastor of the church. Amen. I'm one of the shepherds who is serving under a man of God. Amen. I am a shepherd like just anybody sitting here. Amen. But our father happened to be in a very important meeting this morning. And so he, he couldn't make it to service. So he, he taught me what to say to you. Amen. So I'm coming to speak what he shared with me. Amen. So if you see me standing here, I'm not coming to see, say, share something which is extraordinary. Amen. But something probably you have heard before. Amen. Amen. And he extends his greeting and his love to all of you. He is thinking about you. His mind is on you. Amen. Oh, it's a good place to put your hands together. Amen. To, to many of us, we tell people that I'm thinking about you, but actually it's not true. Somebody can actually be close to you, but the mind of the person is not on you. Amen. Recently, I saw a picture on Facebook, and I saw 
a, 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 a gentleman and a, 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 a girlfriend. And the girlfriend was walking with another friend. And the guy went to hug the lady and he was kissing the other friend. You see, so actually the person, you have, you have the boy in your arms. But actually the mind of the guy is not on you. Amen. But God has blessed us with a shepherd whose mind is always on us, no matter where he is. Amen. And I think it's a blessing. Amen. You see, when you, you, you see an anointed man, the best way to receive or to get maximum of what God has placed on the man of God is to position yourself very well or to place the anointing which is upon the man of God at its hierarchy or at its rank. You must rank the man of God very well. If you diminish him, you're not, you are not going to receive what is upon him. Amen. So we have a very anointed man of God. Bible says if you receive a man as a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. And if you receive a man, just like a righteous man, you came to his people, he was so anointed, but his people could not receive him. And by the way, the way you rate the man of God, does it diminish his anointing? It diminishes the effect of the anointing upon your life. Amen. So an anointed man can walk around us, amongst us, but how you see the man of God will depend on how much you'll be blessed with. Amen. Some of us are honored to see the man of God and relate with him. You see, and you can easily trivialize that. And you see the man of God as just as a man. But he's a man of God. If you do mathematics very well, you know that of means multiplication. So he has a nature of God upon him. Amen. Hallelujah. So today I, I feel blessed to be, stand, uh, to be standing here to share what he has shared with me. He is my father. So whatever I have his mind, I believe I have his mind to share whatever he wants to. Amen. Shall we turn our Bibles to look, the scripture, what I'm going to share, you have heard it before. But position yourself very well to receive. Amen. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Amen. You will be blessed this morning. Just give me a very short time and I will finish preaching. Amen. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Bible says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of the Canaan came out, out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciple came and besought him, saying, Send her away. She cried after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lordship of the house of Israel. Verse 25. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. What a shock. Amen. So this is a very beautiful scripture which is showing us those that the blessings of God belongs to. Amen. Amen. But Jesus, a woman need help from Jesus. He came crying, and she came crying after Jesus. And Jesus said, Jesus did not answer, pay attention to him. 
Do you see? Jesus did not even mind what she was saying. And disciples are, ah, actually, this woman is deceiving us. Can they tell her, the woman something? Tell her to go away or cast her away or sack her from following us. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says that Jesus answered, then answered to the disciples, he said, I'm sent to the Lordship of Israel. Amen. Amen. Then the woman came and worshipped Jesus. And Jesus answered a very simple question. That what the blessing that he, he is carrying is not for dogs, but actually is for the children. Amen. Now, the revelation here is that if you are an outsider, the promises and the blessings of God do not belong to you. Don't get it twisted. The promises and the blessings of God do not belong to you. You don't have any part of it. You see, unless you are a son, you cannot receive those blessings. Do you understand what I'm saying? Unless you position yourself as a son of God, the blessings and the rich promises of God, forget about them. They don't belong to you. Amen. Bible says, as many receive Jesus Christ or believe in his name, to them he gave power. You must get a certain power to be called a son. To them he gave power to be called the children of God. Amen. And Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 verse 1, that if you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, then you are born of God. So you need to do something to qualify to that position. I mean, you can be a human being existing. I don't have any problem with that. And nobody is preventing you from existing. But what you need to know is that I can call you a brother according to the flesh. Until the time you have done this very thing that Bible is talking about, receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you are not qualified as a son of God. That's the word of God. I'm just explaining the way it is in the Bible. Amen. So, not only is it that you will not qualify for the blessings of God, but what you need to understand that the instructions of the word of God doesn't apply to you. Do we get that? It's like, if you are not, you are not benefiting from anything which is of God, then you are not also benefiting from the instructions. So, we are not bound, if you are not believer, you are not bound by the scriptures. You, you can live your life the way you want. You see? But immediately you become a Christian, you are bound by the scriptures. You need to follow the scriptures. Amen. Bible, Paul said, when we were, we were away, we live according to the course of the way. So we were, we have another director, somebody who was giving us a way to live. Amen. Amen. But now that you are in Christ, he said, let's just submit ourselves more to righteousness that so we become righteous. Amen. Amen. So if you are, the opposite of it is that if you are a Christian, you are entitled to the blessings of God, which is, is a good thing that is, has happened to us through Christ Jesus. Amen. And also, you are also obliged to submit yourself to the laws of the Bible or to the commands of the Bible. Amen. So, if you are a Christian who is not submissive to the word of God, then actually question your life and ask yourself what you are not doing and do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I've shared so far? Amen. So you will see that if for you to benefit from certain things, you need to be under uh, the law. For instance, if you want to download something online, they will tell you agree to terms and conditions. Do you see? If, if without you agreeing to that, you will not access the document. Do you see? In the same way, when you look at this country, this country gives its benefits to people who belong to the country. They give their preference to people who are documented uh, citizens, not illegal immigrants. Do you see? 
So a lot of things belong to people who are submissive. When you go to your other country, you belong there. So you'll be governed strictly by the law. Amen. So as what I want you to understand is that we as Christians are also obliged to follow certain rules or certain law, uh, the commands of the Bible. And you, you see, when you are actually maturing in Christ, it's very, very important that you take instructions very serious. Without you following instructions, you may think you are old, you may think you know where you are going, but without taking instructions, you will end up destroying yourself. Amen. So as you grow in Christ, it becomes very, very important. You see, instructions are not given to children. They, will, they, don't, they, will not, they wouldn't be able to handle it well. Amen. So when you are becoming a mature person, you are working with God, you are like you are spending two years, three years in God, begin to take instructions very serious. Amen. Amen. Bible says in uh, John chapter 21, verse 18, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou was young, thou gathered thyself, and workest hither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and another shall guide thee, and carry thee uh, whither thou wouldest not. Amen. Amen. You see, you need, as you mature in Christ, Bible is saying that when you were young, so when you were young, it's like when you were like an infant, nobody tells you what to do. You move in the house anyhow. You go wherever you want. But now that you are maturing, rather, you need to stretch forth your hand and let somebody guide you. Amen. Amen. So now as you are maturing, somebody needs to give you instruction. Do you understand the scripture? Somebody actually needs to, to tell you what to do. And that's why the Bible is there. God did not just save us and left us without instruction. So God left us with a Bible. He decided, okay, no, my people actually need instruction. You see, this uh, scripture came when God, uh, Jesus gave his, uh, Peter, he was speaking to Peter and told Peter that now feed my sheep. And he said, Peter did not understand that actually I'm old. And you, a young man, you are giving me instruction. And he introduced this scripture that when you were young or when you were not matured with me, you can do, you were able to move very freely. But now, now that you are matured, then you need instruction rather. And you can see that in real life, when people are old, are getting old, they need somebody to guide them. Because it becomes difficult to move. Amen. So if you don't receive the instructions very well, you become stagnant in life. So the day that you stop receiving instructions as an adult, you become some, something else. Amen. Your level of wisdom will reduce drastically. You, you, you cannot become a disciple of Jesus again. And in fact, you become more, sorry, uh, excuse me to say, foolish. You see, the day that you, you as a Christian, you stop receiving instruction, you become a foolish person. You see, because that means you have gone your own way. That means you are beginning to follow your own path. So when you are maturing in Christ, you need to receive instruction very well. And another thing that we can receive from this scripture is that, is, look, the maturity of a person is determined by uh, the person's ability to receive instruction. Do you see? If, if you think, okay, when you come, okay, for instance, you are here, and an instruction is given to you by an asha, you cannot take it. You think that, oh, because you are old, you cannot obey that. You are actually immature, spiritually. I'm not saying physically. I don't take your age from you. Amen. <laughs> But spiritually, you are immature. The Bible says, now that you are old, so older people need instruction. So how, how do we determine that you are matured in, in Christ? It's the ability to take instruction. You see, so when, when you, you are in a, a pastor gives an instruction, your ability to follow the instruction determine your maturity. Amen. It's not about saying it. Many of us talk a lot. 
but actually deep within us and how we behave, that is show that we are really matured. Amen. A child can begin to talk very early, but you will see clearly that that child just knew how to talk big words, but actually there's nothing deep. Amen. Amen. So we, your, your ability to follow instruction, then you yourself, putting yourself under authority. You see, Bible says, you will stretch forth your hand, so guide me. You see, it's not like, oh, a child, a child will come and tell the mother, tell me what to do. But an adult, your maturity is determined by, please, tell me where to go. Amen. Amen. So, you see, what is the uh, CT scan or the MRI for MRI for us to determine that you are an infant or you are naturally not growing in Christ? We will just see that by your inability to join a ministry. Because it's in the ministry that you are put under somebody, that you report to somebody and say, yes, let's do this, yes. Call this person, yes. Uh, come to prayer line, yes. Come and sing in the choir, yes. So we will see your maturity in the choir by uh, your ability to be under brandy very, very well. Amen. Amen. Not there to rebel, but your ability to, to join and be there very well. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. So you need, you need, as you are growing, you need instruction. And it's very, very important. Without instruction, you become very stagnant. So Christians, we have a lot of instruction. I'm going somewhere, so please follow me. You see, Christians, we have received a lot of instruction. By the way, it is easier to receive instruction from somebody who is higher in social status than somebody who is lower than you. So your true humility is not shown when you see God and you are saying, God, I love you, and you are kneeling down in church. You see? Or your true humility, that is, uh, that is not shown when you see a reverend and you are here and you bow down and say, oh, please, those kind of words. But your true humility is your ability to submit to somebody who is lower than you. You see? Some, or somebody who is of equal class with you. That's your true humility. So, you, if you see, oh, when you see God, when God tell me this, Bible say anything I will do, but when the pastor says you don't obey, when uh, a pastor says something I will do, but when Brandy said you will not do it, definitely you are not humble. Amen. You are not humble. So, that's, you are, that just reveals something about you that you are proud. You are proud. It's, it's, it's not a nature of Christ. It's not the example he came to set for us. Amen. Amen. So, let, let us be able, you, you see, when Anasha gives you an instruction, see to it that God, nobody, no, nobody can come and stand before you and give you an instruction if God hasn't placed that person there. You see, nobody can come and stand. I do, I, what authority do I have to come and stand and give you an instruction? Except somebody sent me to you. You see, in fact, I don't want to give you an instruction in the first place. So I, because I, 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 I prefer, you may see me as I'm being some way. You see, so a man of God will not you see, he would better love to be in his house and sleep. You see, but because of the work of God, because of the love of God, God has set somebody in authority over you to give you those instructions to obey. So when you don't obey Anasha, you don't obey Reverend. And if you don't obey Reverend, you don't obey God. So do you understand? So many of us claim, oh, I love God, but you actually are not disobedient to God, but just disobedient to a man. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. So let us uh, follow instructions very well. Amen. And all of us have received instruction. Many, all, most of us Christians are receiving instruction. We receive a lot of instruction. The Bible or the word of God that we see is full of instruction. 
It's tells you what to do, what not to do, where to go, where not to go, what to, how to live. How, it's full of instructions. So it's the instructions of God for us. When, you, when people created you, they create you with a man, they create cast with a manual. So that's our manual. But somebody said it's the pilgrim's progress. What you, what you, you used to get, like your map that you use, your atlas that you used to save. Without it, your life will be lost. Without it, your, your life will just be like somebody in the world. Without the word of God guiding you or telling us what to do, the church will be, diff- will be the same as the outside. What has caused us to see difference is because of the word of God. Without the word of God, we'll just be like other people. Amen. And so when you see two people receiving instruction, one of the things that you see clearly is that the person who understands instructions or knows the reason why instructions are given is different from somebody who doesn't understand instruction. I tell you, I'm going somewhere, so please follow me. I'm building... This, I'm, my message is coming. I'll give you a topic. I know that I haven't given you the topic, so I'll give you a topic. So, so the difference between two people receiving the same instruction is the ability to understand the reason. Or why the thing is there. Without you, giving, without you understanding a reason, you will see many of the instructions of God as grievous. You see, if you don't understand why you, you need to abstain, it becomes grievous. You see, if, and even if you understand, and even if you understand, and you don't, how, sorry, how, how will I put it? Even if, even if, even if you want to obey, eh, it becomes very difficult to obey the instruction without a good reason. Amen. Amen. So we, it's, it's important that as a Christian, you need to understand some reasons in the Bible. How many of you agree with me? You see, because people will definitely question you. People always ask you the questions for why you are doing the things that you are doing. And many of us Christians have become so ignorant that we don't even know the reasons for the things that we do. We do them as routine. You see, and that doesn't make you a, a develop a... a, a, a like, you don't develop a conviction. That's the right way. Thank you. You don't develop a conviction. You see? And with, with that conviction, you can easily be moved. Without you understanding, like, why I am doing this. Somebody can come and give another reason, and you just move. That was the difference between Eve and Jesus when they encountered Satan. You see? Satan came with reasoning. Jesus Christ reasoned better. And know the reason why these things and these things are there. If didn't know, if just gave a superficial answer and that led to her fall. Amen. So without you understanding the scriptures or without you understanding the reason for the things that you are doing, you can easily be moved and you can easily be discouraged. You will take it as something which is grievous. Amen. First Peter chapter three. First Peter chapter three, verse fifteen. Bible says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always. Be ready always to answer to every man that asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. Amen. So, what this you see, sanctify. You, you glorify the Lord in your heart. Let God be set apart in your heart. But one of the things you need to do is that be ready. Amen. So, what this you see, sanctify. You, you glorify the Lord in your heart. Let God be set apart in your heart. But one of the things you need to do is that be ready. Because questions will come. He said, be ready. Always. Not some of the time. That when you, only, when you read your Bible, you must read your Bible constantly. And when you are reading your Bible, look for reasons. Because every instruction in the Bible has reason. Maybe you see the scripture above as a reason and then the command. Or you see the command and the reason below. Amen. So when you read, next time you take the Bible, 
look at the Bible critically and say, God has risen from everything that he has commanded us to do. Amen. Amen. So, today, I want to share with you uh, one of the commands that God gave. Amen. And I want to give you reasons for that command. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. I hope you understand up to this place. Amen. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful. That promise. Verse 24 says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much more, as you see the day approaching. Amen. Amen. This is a set of instruction in the Bible. Amen. I told you, you know what the scripture I'm going to share. So you, you understand what, what, where I'm going to do. Bible says, this is a set of, verse 20 says, hold fast your faith. You must be steadfast. You must not leave your faith. And the other, this thing that he said that is that, let us consider to provoke one another. So you must be able to provoke one another. It's an instruction. So I'm, I should be able to provoke you to good works and to love. So when I see you, you are, you are not doing something right, I say, sister, or brother, straighten up and do this right. Or by my action, I should be able to provoke you. Don't, so don't say that, oh, you are in church, you are provoking me. You are always, you get me angry. You need not to be angry. Bible says I should be able to provoke you. To, so that you do a good work. A good work, not a bad work. You see, many of us like friends who stimulate us to go and do evil. But in the church, when you try to encourage somebody to do good, come on the prayer line, say, oh, you think you are too, too righteous. Amen. Amen. But is this a scripture? I say, let us consider one another. So when I see you, I must consider you. This guy, is, is there a good work in him? How, how best will I stimulate this person to do a good work? How, you, you are not be able to love some, your sheep, you are, you are not loving them. So how best can I cause you to love them? Amen. How best can I stimulate you to love them? But that's what the instruction I want to tell you about. Verse 25 says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. Amen. Amen. Not forsaking the, as, the assembling of ourselves together. It's another, another instruction that do not forsake your, the assembly of yourself together. Amen. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. You see, the word of God here is instructing us to, to do what? To not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together. It's an instruction. The Bible went on further. I said that this is the manner of some people. So as you enter, you find a friend who his way of life is to forsake the assembly of the brethren. And you may think that that's the pattern of life. You see, when, when, when I became a Christian, I was introduced to some people. You see, who taught, who, who taught me how to fast wrongly. So you fast and you break it without anybody knowing. So you go to church and pray. Do you see? So I thought that was the manner of life. Or that's the way of life. Do you see? But as I got closer, I read that no, that's what, actually what they were doing was wrong. So you are in church, you may see some people behaving, oh, I come today, I'm not there tomorrow. Do you see? I go here, I, do, I prefer the meeting that I go to. And you may think that that's the manner of life. But actually, there's a way of life. The Bible says, do not forsake. 
the, the way of life of a Christian is not forsake the assembly of a brethren. So today I want to share with you three reasons why you must be present at all church meetings. Wow. Amen. Is it a good topic? Do you think you, you want to know the topic? Do you think it's a very important topic for your life? You see, you may, you may desire today that I preach prosperity. But how you position yourself to God is determined when God will bless you. Many, many times, God wants to bless us, but we are not present at that time. It is important that you, 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 you be there when God is blessing his people. Amen. Without you being there, God will decide to bless you today, but you may not be here. This is so you may say, Oh, God will only bless me at Sunday service. You, 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 you see, you don't know God. God is not a computer. You can program according to your scheme. Or God doesn't respond because you, you are the only person there. You see, you, you will see that your importance, eh, your importance will become like you see that you, you may think that, okay, in this church, I'm so important. If I'm not there, this ministry will not work. You go, go and see. Go and see anointed people in the church. It was Elijah who was thinking that he is the only anointed prophet in town. And God said, Chia, look, I have many more. Many more. When he left, somebody did two times what he was doing. You see? So you may think that, oh, if I'm not there, this thing will not work. You go and see. So just don't replace your position. Don't let somebody replace you prematurely. You have to hold fast to your position. So three reasons why... You must be present at all church meetings. Amen. If I'm talking about church meetings, I'm talking about the ministry meetings that we have. Evangelism ministry meetings that they have. It's part of the church meetings. And the women's meeting and the fellowship of Christian businessmen and professionals. That's the men's meeting. That's our name. You see? It's the fellowship of Christian businessmen and professionals. Wow. <laughs> we are blessed. Amen. All the choir ministry. You see, you must be present at all these meetings. Turning point service, you need to be there. You see, you, you, you see the, one of the things that you need to understand that you don't know when your turn, it will be your turn. You don't know the day that God will visit you. Bible, Bible Jesus said, if you, that you were aware of your day of visitation, you see, you don't program God. God programs you. He, know, he, he knows where you will be. And where you will not be. Amen. So when, when, when God is coming to bless his people in the church and you are not in the church, what do you expect? Maybe you may think that the whole solution to your problem is when you go to a women's meeting. That's where you will be blessed. You don't determine where God will bless you. He determines where he will bless you. Whether you are out of the city or in the city, God determines where he will bless you. Amen. So, you see, you must be present at all church meetings. And you see, don't tell me that, don't tell me that, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about very well. You can, you can tell me that going to church doesn't make you a born-again Christian. Yes, we agree to that. But let me tell you that when you become a born-again Christian, it is necessary. It is, if, if it is mandatory, it is required of you. you, you that, thank you, sister. It's an obligation that you will be present at church, uh, church meetings. Without being present there, then you are not a Christian. We agree. It doesn't make you born again. Because born again, we establish the fact that you need to do something to be born again. You need to confess Jesus, ask your Lord the person. You have not done that. You come to church every now and then. You are not born again. You see? But when you become a Christian, it is very, very important. It's, it's not that, okay, when you feel like coming, you come. 
Then you, you, you will look at who is your shepherd or who is really directing you in your life. It's, it's an obligation that every, if you, conf, you call yourself a Christian, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. Do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. And look, Bible uses the word forsake and neglect. If you read other translations, it's forsaking or neglect. You see, to neglect something means to give little attention or respect to that thing. Or disregard. To leave undone or unattended to, especially through carelessness. To forsake means to give up or leave something entirely. Amen. So, if you look at these words, this word that is submit that, okay, you didn't know that the things were there. You don't know that there was service. So, actually, you know that there is service, but you give little attention or you make little, the church service of little importance. So, you are not there. So, you prefer to be something somewhere else than to be in the church. You see, actually, then you, we can conclude that you don't really understand what is going on. And that's why we, we can leave church services or we can leave church meetings and go elsewhere. You prefer the presence of a friend to the presence of God. You prefer, you, you see, you can afford that on Sunday afternoon like this to be in a beer parlor with a friend. You see, an African market to, to be in the presence of God. Amen. And you see, what that I will say about that is that you don't understand. You do not understand. So you don't come to church and you think, oh, we'll come and chase you at home. You will just look at you don't understand. We'll just call you to check on you. You see, but if, if truly we understand, if, look, take this message serious, because if you are able to do this, you are able to be present at, you certainly meet God at the set time he set for you. You certainly, look, God, you see, you see blessings in your life, and you say, we don't know when or what you have done for that blessing, but it's because you were present at the right time. Amen. Amen. You, oh, you say, oh, God, come to my house. You need to be somewhere. God will bless you in your house. There's a blessing for a home, and there's a blessing for outside the home. Amen. Bible says you shall be blessed in the city and out of the city. So in your home you shall be blessed, and outside you will be blessed. Amen. So we need to understand. So all that I will say that people who don't come to church, or if you are not present in church regularly, you don't understand. That's why you could, you could afford to give a, 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 an excuse, like okay, you are going to your, your is it your grandmother's cousin's uh, daughter's son, a preschool graduation, and you cannot come to church. You see, you said you are going to preschool graduation. Oh, preschool. Not, 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 let's say somebody who has been to even uh, uh, Harvard that we say, oh, it's a, a very mega achievement, so let's go as a preschool. Oh, come on. You can afford to give an excuse that you are going to do laundry or you don't have a dress, so you cannot come. It's, it's because you don't know the importance or you don't know the reason for being in church. But tonight, this afternoon, I'm going to share you, I'm going to share with you three important reasons. Three things you must know why you must be in church all, all the time. Not only in church, but every meeting. Tuesday service, midweek services, everywhere you must be. Desire, desire your heart that you must be. We, we, are, we understand uh, special issues where every, you have done all that you could, but you, could, you, you cannot be there. You see, I, I know of a man, you see, I know of a man hmm, who, because of Sunday service, you need to apply by force. You say, come and take note from our father, I said, I don't work on Sunday. Please, give me an excuse. I cannot work on Sunday. Jewish people take their uh, Saturdays off. It depends on your conviction. You don't know. It depends on our conviction. The way we behave, it depends on the things we are convinced about. So when people look at us, they say, Christians are not serious. It's not that we are not serious. Some of us are not serious. 
You could, yeah, you could afford to go and take, take doctor's notice so that you'd be absent from work. But you cannot afford and say, this is the God I serve. This is him that I serve. I always want to be at his presence. I always want, I always want to be in his presence. By coming for an excuse, they'll give you. They'll give you. Say that this is the note from I work in church. He said that, you see, in fact, the fact of the matter is that I work in church. I can't afford to miss church on Sunday. You may think that, oh, he came for the note. He worked in church. You do know, I've given you another uh, revelation that you can use for your life. Take notes. Come and take personal notes. I work in church. I can't afford to meet church on Sunday. God will open way for you. Amen. You see, God doesn't know that. Many of you will go, oh, I discarded more on Sunday. You can do something about it. Yes. When I was going to get my uh, work, when I got there, I didn't have a job. I mean, I don't know what I will live on the next week because the money you brought from your place is finished. So <laughs> that means you need work to, uh, to survive. You need to work. When I got there, that day there was a convention at Yonkers. And I said, oh, this convention, I might be at the convention. And before the man who could have said, oh, you have got it, I said, let me give you my hey, this thing. I don't work on Sundays. I can't work. If that's what you give me, I'm going home. <laughs> that's, my, that's my faith. And he said, oh, don't worry, I will, do, I will, you will not work on Sunday. Awesome. Look, but when, when I finished, I, I kabe about it. You know kabe. I spoke in tongues. <laughs> A tongue that when you are speaking, it's coming from your spirit. You lay hands on your stomach, and when you cry unto God, something will happen. Look, my schedule just fit my church activities. Tuesday, I don't tell, I didn't know who told him to give me Tuesday morning so that I can come to church in the afternoon. He quickly did it, but he gave me all the rest in the afternoon. I said, Thank you. By the way, that's it. And Fridays, I'm, I'm off. You see, it doesn't, you, you are not convinced about what you believe. If only you are convinced, you will do certain radical things that somebody will be... It may somebody tell you, hey, be careful. When you are changing your schedule, don't change my schedule. <laughs> you must be careful. Or you pray certain prayers. Because that's your weapon. And you go to God. Your, your father is the one who has possession to everything. So you lay hands on your tummy. You lay back on your head, uh, your back, and you pray. Kabe. You lay, you lay. You see, you, you take your stand like this. And when you are speaking... Somebody will see you like you are mad, but you know what you are looking for. It's traveling prayer. Amen. Amen. I, I, I could not even, I, I, I can't even describe our father who have to work 24 hours to be in church. So I can be in church on Sunday. Young men, young women, you cannot do anything like that. Only accept the excuse, oh, it's okay. So if they schedule me this and they do something about it, my brother. You got, you got to do something about it. Amen. Amen. You, you, you have to. You really have to. You really have to. You see, I mean, I, I find it difficult to understand why you, as a person, you, you say you are a serious Christian. You claim to love God. We agree to that. But you could not afford to venture into God's house extra times. Many, multiple times. I, I doubt it. And look, I said this thing here before. Uh, to Thomas, she went to heaven, met Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ told him that, listen, no. Jesus told him that, this is very, very important. It may change your life. He, she, uh, Jesus told him, uh, heard that, look, anybody who said he's a Christian, who or she's a Christian, does not go to my church an extra day on a midweek service, will not make it to heaven. You say, hey, don't be surprised yet. When you get to heaven, there will be more surprises. More. No, 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 you have not seen anything yet. 
And look, encourage yourself for what you are seeing now. When you get to heaven, you will see more. More, more. More. And, and one of the things that he, she, she said was that tight payers, those who don't pay tight, they have compartments. Say, I have a cage for them. You don't, you, you are falling after our money. I'm saying you will see more. You will see, you get to heaven, you see a pastor who, is not, who cannot make it to heaven. You will be more surprised. Or you see a, a, a giant that you call a giant on earth who cannot make it to heaven. You will be more surprised. So get ready. Don't be surprised. He said, those who couldn't make it on the middle. So, you see, you, if, you, if you, and you read these books, you understand why you need to take God extra serious and make sure you work with God well. I mean, in, in real life, I mean, the boys and the girls we love. Hmm? The boys and the girls we love. We, we love to go to their houses. We, we love. Even if, 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 if you are a girl and a girl, you are friends, you sleep, do sleepovers. Don't we? We do it. You go to your friend's house and we go, you spend some time there and then you come back to your house. These are the things that we, that's a, a person and the house eh, are inseparable when love is a subject. When we are talking about love, then you and your house must be where, if I say I love you, then that's where it must be. A person and the house and the person's residence are inseparable when love is a subject. So when we are talking about love, if, if I say I love you, then I must show something. I must come to your place. You must also come to my place. If I'm also coming in, I would think that, okay, this actually is, the heart is knowing what she is claiming to be. Amen. So when, when you say you love God, that's why David could say that, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, blah, 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 blah. But he said, then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not dwell in my house. The Lord is my shepherd. We agree to that. You claim that the God is your shepherd. But where do you dwell? Where, where do you dwell? Where we are finding the children of God? Where, where are you? Amen. I'm preaching a very powerful message. Amen. Where, where, where are you? Where, where can we find you? You, you, you? you made us believe that you, you, you are a Christian, but we don't find you in our meetings. We only see you on Sunday. Sunday is not enough. You, 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 you'll be surprised. I'm saying, it's, she said, God, Jesus told her, anybody who could not venture extra days into my house will not make it to heaven. So you are here, you see, you, you are blocking gates, you are taking jobs on Tuesday, and you are canceling some, you are putting priorities on meetings, you are canceling your blessings. Because the thing is, we have a lot of services that we don't know which one is our blessing. Yes. We can't determine whether it's Tuesday service that is blessing me, or turning point services. You don't know when you receive the blessing. God is blessing you everywhere and anywhere. So when you, when you cut one service out of your life, you cut your blessing. That way it must explain you that you cannot make it to a service on a uh, just on Sunday. Just Sunday is not enough. Just Sunday is not enough. Amen. amen. So, so, amen. amen. So, what, what is the reason why you must be in church at all times? Why you must desire to be, not forsake the assembly of the brethren? What is the reason, what are the reasons why you must endeavor to be in the house of God? All the time, or be in the amongst people, or do not forsake the assemblies of the brethren. What's the reason? You see, we must understand the dynamics, spiritual thing that goes on when we meet together. Amen. The thing that go on spiritually. You see, without that understanding, you you can easily decide not to come. You see, we need to understand, and most of these things are not things that we see. And even if even if it happens in your life, you you will not be able to pinpoint your hands. This is where I got this thing from. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
So Bible says when we, we, we gather, when we assemble, God is in our midst. And I believe God is here right now. And he's here right, right now. I believe there are a lot of angels here. If, if you are sensitive, you will feel it. Amen. Amen. And whenever we get, God is our midst to do something. To do something in our midst. And we need to understand those things. And those are the reasons why, those are, because we don't understand those things, that's why we don't make it to service at all times. Amen. The first thing that you need to know is because of the law of one-time impact. The law of one-time impact. Amen. The law of one-time impact. The law is a law. L-A-W. The law of one-time impact. Amen. John chapter 6. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 6. Do you get the point? The law of one-time impact. If you don't, you see, the all that you have to do, if you don't understand this principle, you always be absent. Or you, you decide when to come and when not to come. But there's a principle called a law of one-time impact. Impact means like, pam. Impact, not impartation. Impact. Amen. John chapter 1, verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Verse 8. He was not the light but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which lighted every man that came into the world. He was in the word, and the word was made by him, and the word knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even unto them who believe on his name. Verse 13 says, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Amen. So the law of one-time impact speaks or means that you come to church once or you come, you, are, you, you come to church and the word of God and the spirit of God has one-time effects in your life. You see? So in another way to understand is that you, you, you have been to services, a lot of services, but you have come to church once and you like you venture to another church at once, and the word of God and the spirit of God, ministered by the man of God, touch hit you or impacted your life, and your life is changed forever. Do you see? So why did I read, read this scripture? Jesus Christ came to the world once. He visited the earth only once, and he has changed a lot of things. Amen. Amen. So perhaps you are here today. Today is your your first time being here, but the word of God and the Spirit of God have a, test, a certain effect in your life, and your life is transformed. You see, if I will give an example, so you are a, a hardened sinner. You've been to churches, but you don't heard the message of Jesus Christ or the gospel, so you, don't, you are not born again. But you walk into a church, or just like you are here, and the word of God and the preaching about salvation touch your heart and you give your life to Jesus Christ. Do you understand? Yeah. Or you, you have a lot a, an infirmity or a sickness and you go to a place and healing touch you mightily and your life is changed. Amen. But what you, you need to understand is that 
you, your life is composed of different aspects. So perhaps you come to church today, you receive salvation. But you should also know that your life composes more than salvation. Do you understand? So the law of one part, you have salvation. But maybe you are not faithful or you have the problem of lies. Do you see? You, you see, you, you, it has affected that aspect. You've had salvation. But others, other parts were not ministered. So that means you become defective in that aspect. Amen. So we seem that it's like the first time it part only affects a part of your life. Amen. So that means a certain aspect of our life needs repeated knocks. You see, for certain things to change in your life, they need to be repeated impact, impartation. Not just once. Jesus Christ came. He changed the whole world. But a lot of things are not changed. Do you, as your president, as the a rulership of the earth change? No. no. He came to change lives. But many people, many things are there which are not changed. They doesn't change the landmarks. You see, he doesn't do away with the commandment. He doesn't do away with the old, old, old uh, listen, a lot of things are not changed. So you may come to church and you say, oh, today I've, God has touched me, I fell on the floor. And so you will not come again. Brother, you need to come and come and come again. The law of one impact, a one-time impact doesn't work like that. You see, in fact, when we talk about things, things which relate to our lives, let's look carefully at our lives, our character, our behavior, in, at home, at work, how you even talk to people, our interpersonal relationship. Then you will see that you have a lot of defects. Let's, let's look at our, our relationship in our marriages. And you see that you have a lot of things that you need to work on. But salvation does, look, the fact that you are born again, when you are born again, your flesh is still alive. Your flesh is still alive. And those manifestations are the things of the flesh. You see, and it needs a certain impact. You need certain bombardment, bombard, knocks, blows. You see, for those things to subside. Without, without a certain, you see, you may claim that you are a born again Christian. Oh, you are there, you are, you are walking up and down, up and down. But you have defects. Amen. So you, you, are, you have, have you heard about the story of the, man, the woman with the issue of blood? Bible says that this is the woman who has gone to physicians. Bible, Bible describes that she has suffered a lot in the arms of physicians. But one time touch with Jesus Christ, hit the person and change the person. So when you ask you are here, believe also that the one time impact will work in your life. Yes. Amen. So uh, a healing or a spirit, the spirit of God will touch you mightily. And your life is changed forever. Amen. So that also leads us that that also tells us that the one time impact is not working well in our lives. So coming to church once and for all, you see, you cannot bring a person to church and say, Oh, come and give your life to Christ, then I'll marry you. It's not enough. What has the person tried? What has the person survived? Has the person sat at a certain preaching before? A preaching that you cannot even think, you see, like your mind is boiling. Like the things are about you, and your mind is boiling, you need to change your life quickly. A certain impact. Amen. So that brings us to another, another, another second law, which is the law of repeated impact. Wow. The law of repeated impact. Certain things in life will not go just by coming to church once. You, you know. Just, you just take a critical look. The Bible says examine yourself. It's a good thing that you examine yourself. If you still be in the faith, you are still in the faith. Let's take a critical examination of ourselves. And our relationship and see if the one time we part or the one day we came to church has really changed. Perhaps you came, salvation has worked, 
by quarreling, you can you are cantankerous woman, a, a man who who give slaps. You see that is, that is look salvation does not restrict the hand. You see, you you see. So we 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 see that okay. You see, uh, 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 somebody who is in church has suffered as many broken hearts, just like somebody who is outside. Do you understand? So you have in the church, but the, it's like your suffering is equal to somebody who is outside the church. It, and the people you are dealing with, you must know that these are the people who gave their lives to Christ, all right. But they have their flesh there. Do you see? The, when you are born again, your, your flesh is not born again. Your flesh still manifests. And that's why the Bible says you need to put it under subjection. You see? That's why, you see, when the person is born again, the spirit is born again, but not the flesh. You see, how many of you have seen the spirit going to Akwetashiba to go and do beer? How many of us have seen a, a, a spirit going to prostitute line? You, you see, so you, you are satisfied, all right, but your flesh can lead you on. Bible says the flesh and the, and the spirit are in con- constant war. And the person who you give attention to will dominate your life. Amen. So you see somebody who is born again in the church, but constantly going to do all sorts of things. Look, it's the flesh. Which need repeated blows. So perhaps you come to church with the preacher about reasons why you must not fornicate. And you go to the shepherd's meeting or area fellowship, your shepherd also knock on it. Boom. 20 reasons why you, need, you must not commit fornication. It's also boom. Then you come to another meeting where maybe I'm there. Then I also knock upon it. Boom. Amen. Then you see that, look, look no matter how it is, you will feel some way. You, it's like it's, a, it's been knocked, it's been punched every now and then. So it will go deep, it will subside, it will, it will calm down. Amen. So you just come to Sunday service, you say, Oh, I've heard uh, about loyalty before or faithfulness. So you think you don't need it. You need it, my brother. You need it again and again and again and again until, until, until we see changes. You see, until you are able to conquer it and you bring it as a subjection. Paul said he put his body. This uh, he captured the body and put it down. Body, respect me. Don't don't elevate yourself. Amen. So we need constant repeated impartation. Some of the things in Christ. You see, you come today, you fall. They lay hands on you and you fall. You think you have anointing. You don't have anything. You don't. Amen. Let me show you something in the Bible. John chapter John chapter twenty verse nineteen. I'm, I'll be finishing in a, in a second. I just have one point. Amen. Bible, John chapter 20, verse 19. Bible says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, the, when the doors were shut, where, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jew, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Verse 20, and then when they had, and when he had said so, he has so said, he showed himself, he showed unto them, them, his hands and his side. Then, sorry, my, my, this thing is small, so I have to. Then Jesus said, then, sorry. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Verse. Then said Jesus unto them again, Peace be unto you. 
as my father has sent me, even so send I you. Verse 21. Then he said, then when he had said this, he, he breathed upon them and he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. How many of you believe that this is an impartation? Papa said, Jesus Christ, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Do you, that's the, how the scripture reads. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. But this is not enough for the disciples. They were still intimidated people. People who were timid forever. Amen. So you just have to turn your Bible, flip your Bible. If you have a paper Bible, flip two pages. Then you go to the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The Bible says, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the outermost part of the earth. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Then, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house, and they were, and where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them a cloven tongue, like as of a fire, and sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So you hear again, they need another impartation. Have you seen that the Spirit of God, first it was <laughs> receive. The second one was like a fire upon their head. So they spoke, ba-ba-ba. So you come to church one day, we pray for you, pa. You receive the Holy, Holy Ghost. Do you see? So you may think that, oh, I've caught an anointing which is enough. So next time you don't come for a meeting. You are joking. The next one is... Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Another impartation. The Bible says, and when they had prayed, uh, Acts 4, 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Amen. So this is another impartation upon their life. So you would think that, okay, you were there at once, that when you see the manifestation of the Spirit. So it's enough for you. I'm anointed. I can go and start. You don't know. You need more impartation. You see, until, until they received this, they were not able to preach boldly. And their ministry got transformed repeatedly. So some of the things, you need repeated impartation. So that's why you need to be at Sunday service. Tuesday, you are there. Midweek, uh, turning point services, you are there. All night, you are there. When, when you are praying, you are there. Don't just come for dancing and this thing. Every time, you are there. Amen. So I'm giving you, do you understand the reasons? So when you understand this reason, that you don't need one-time impartation. And there are different aspects of your life which need to be worked on. You'll be at the second meeting, which is also about something else. You see, and you'll be at another meeting which needs repeated blows. You know, you know, you know, be absent from area fellowship or women's meeting or men's meeting. We only find you in Sunday service, and you, you think you are, that's enough for you. You are just getting one-time impartation, and you may think it's enough. Amen. Amen. You see, gone were the days when they said, "Oh." Uh, don't marry, uh, don't marry this man from this tribe. Then you say, oh, oh, he's a believer, so I, I, I think it will work. You see, but you see, when you look at it carefully, 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 the person from that ethnic group that you are talking about may have certain defects. So maybe you marry somebody from a tribe that they give blows. A man, a man, a man. You make a mistake, he, he just look, he look at every, every part of your body by your face. And he's, he's pumped to his very thick. When he slaps you, you sound very well. You see, what, what you need to, what you need to understand is that 
That man may be born again, all right. You see, but the hand is something which is you see something which is in him. So you may see a single man eating Gary always. They say, oh, this man is a simple man. When I marry him, I will only prepare Gary. And you, you are lying. It's a man. It's a man who who wants to. This is. It's, it's, it's a man. Look, like, like my friend here. My friend. <laughs> he, he's a man. Who does it take? If you give him breakfast, he will know it. He wants something which is heavy. And we, yes, and something which is with soup. So you see a single man going to McDonald's and eating McDonald's. Say, oh, when I marry, it will be easy for me. You are lying. This man, this man was, is from a certain tribe. And this tribe, they don't take breakfast. They take... <laughs> Amen. You see? You see? What, 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 I, what, what I can tell you, what I, what I can tell you by, uh, about him is that he is born again. True, I believe. But I don't know how much of the impact that God has had in his life or Christianity has had in his life. I can, I can vie for him that he is a Christian. He is a believer. But how to control him? How much of it has the word of God has impact on him? So you come and see a man who is just born again. You want to take him. He will slap you always. You will see. He will, he will kick you. <laughs> Some of them know how to pray, but so they will do it like this. Then they will, they will, you see, you, so we need repeated impartation for our life to change. That's why we need to come always and always and always. Amen. Now I want to share the last one with you, which is which is the law of cyclical impact? Cyclic, like a cycle. Cyclical impact. What is cyclical? Cyclical. Amen. <laughs> they are trying to teach me what to say. Hey. <laughs> it is. Or if, like, if, if that one is hard for you to pronounce, law of seasonal impact. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Wow. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. How many of you are enjoying the word of God? Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. Bible says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Amen. Amen. Whilst the earth remaineth the earth, you see, that's what the Bible says. How, so long as we have this earth, or so long as the earth remains the earth, there are going to be seasonal events. Amen. And one of the things that he said is that seed time and harvest, a time to sow and a time to harvest, cold and, wind, uh, and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. You see, we were here one day when our, our reverend said that, okay, people have come out and said uh, there's going to be total darkness. For how many long, how long? And he said, oh, this doesn't conform with scriptures. Has, has it happened? You, you see, this is the Bible. I mean, so Bible, God is saying that as so long as we are here, certain things will be governed by seasons. You see, when you look even into your body, you have season, seasonal patterns. I, another thing, I, one thing that you can see in the body is the hormones that are working you. Something like cortisol. It's, it's a hormone which rises daily. Daily and goes, go up. Up and down, up and down. And another hormone you say uh, is your testosterone, the hormone in men, which is also active 
certain part of the day, early in the morning. You see? And, you see, women, women, women are also no fertile every time. They, today, uh, this month you are, the next month then you start again, which is also your, your cycle or your season. You see, just imagine, you see, God has ways of, God is very wise. So. Look, just imagine that women are fertile every day. Population will sky by two. You understand? So, look, me, when I, when I see that's the wisdom I, I got from it, that God is very wise, that the population will lose it. So, there are a lot of even diseases eh, that also come seasonally. Like the flu and this thing are here now. They don't come, they are not there always. You see, but so also is the blessing of God. Some of the blessings of God, you receive them seasonally. Some of the things in the church are preached are preach once a while. You see, that they are not uh, the main preachings for this. Thing. That way we have feeding uh, 5 to 7. 5 to 7 is also a season in the church. You see, and so God has set seasons to bless us, not to curse us. You see, the winter is there, but it's for a, it's for a blessing. Imagine that the, the, we are only in uh, uh, summer. Or imagine that we are always in uh, this thing. Imagine that the, the only activity you have to do on the sun is to always sow seed and never to harvest. You see, so God has set times to bless us. And it's important that you know the time and the season. Whichever we don't know. You see. So if you determine, okay, I'm going to be here. Every December 31st, I'll come to church. You see, you cannot program, you are not programming. <laughs> you will not get the blessing. You see, you have to be there at all times because you don't know your season. You see, I don't know when God is going to lift me to become the president of America in the service, which I'm not desiring to be anyway. You see? But I don't know. You don't know when God, God will cause a man in the church to see you and say that I'm interested in you. You don't know when a young girl will say yes when you, you approach her and say hi. You see? You, you don't, I'm, I'm just explaining something. Don't take it out of context. So, that's, you, you don't know when. So, that means every day you need to be there. So if you understand this thing, every day you'll be in church. Yes. Amen. So you go, I've always been in church. Today if I go to this outdoor, what will happen? You, are, you, may, you may never know. You're out of your season. It is important that you'll be there when God is blessing his people. Yes. That's what David said, bless, remember me when you visit your people with favor. He, because he's, first he established the fact that he wants to dwell in the house. Psalm 23, I want to dwell in your house. Then verse uh, Psalm uh, 92, he said, remember me, oh God. When you visit your people, you, you need to get these things very, very established into your heart. Into your, that God is not giving you just one time impact. Salvation that you receive, that's not enough. Aspect of your life. Your marriage needs to change. Your way of talking needs to change. The way you relate to people needs to change. The way you work, you do, you work at, the way you talk at work needs to change. Some of us are only Christians in church. When we get to work, we don't know you as a Christian. Nobody can testify about you that this person here behaves like a Christian. Do you see? Which also needs to change. So you need repeated impact. Repeated impact. So the seasonal blessing, there's also a scripture that uh, John chapter 5. Quickly. Bible says that there was this man who was who, are, who has a sickness for 38 years. Do you see? John chapter 5 verse 1. After this was the feast of the Jew and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and now there is, a, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool called Bethesda. Having five porches, in this lay a, a great multitude of impotent folks 
of blind, hot, withered, wait, waiting for the moving of the waters. You see, there's a feast. Feast occurs seasonally. And Bible says, for an angel went down at a certain season in the pool, into the pool, and troubled the waters. Whosoever then, whosoever then first after the troubling of the waters stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease. Amen. Amen. But he had whatsoever made whole of disease. And Bible says, verse, verse 5 said, and a certain man was there which had infirmity 38 years. So that means that the man has been going to that place every day. For 38 years, every year when he goes, he doesn't get it. He says, you, say, oh, you have been a Christian enough. Obviously, has, has not changed about you. But God, Bible says some, uh, one verse 3 says that God will bless even a righteous man in his season. Amen. So this man was an important man. So he will say, oh, don't go. This, this time you have been there. Family members are saying, oh, you, you are just troubled. 38 years, don't you have anything better to do with your life? Today, stay home. Amen. But let's look at what happened. And when Jesus saw him and knew that he had been there, he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Would that be made whole? The important man answered, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I was, I am coming, another step before me, Jesus said unto him, Rise, take your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on that day was the Sabbath. Amen. Amen. Do you understand? So this man has been impotent for a long time. Just like maybe some of us also have a lot of troubles for a long time. And you say, oh, you give God two years to, but God doesn't do that because you, that's your plan. I would say the thoughts of God is different from your thoughts. And the words of God are different from your thoughts. You need something from God. So you keep coming. Prayer meeting after prayer meeting, you are not getting it. So it seems that, okay, it's waste. But the Bible says that day was the day that 38 years, after 38 years, so that means in the 39th year, Jesus Christ was there. The Bible says that's the day of the Sabbath. He could have decided that he would not go. So you're, oh, somebody will tell you, oh, if you don't go to today, is it not enough? You are a Christian or this one. Your mom will tell you. Is, yeah, and people who will tell you are people who are very close to you and they love you. Oh, you are always going to church. So today if you miss church, what does it do? Go to this wedding. But you must know that it's a season. God is operating with seasons. And you need to respect that or else you'll be out of your blessing. So there's a third reason why you must be constant. Every day when, we, when a church meeting is going on, you, must be, you don't know when. Perhaps it's the area of fellowship that something will be revealed in the scripture for you to be blessed. So by you say, oh, I place importance on church service, Sunday church service. I place importance on uh, turning point services. You don't know when. Maybe it's Tuesday. Tuesday that you come in and something will be said and which, that decision, when you take it, it will change your life forever. It will change your prosperity. Your life will be changed forever. But you are looking constantly that, okay, I always come on Sunday service. It is not enough. My brothers and sisters, my parents and my uncles, please, and my aunties, please, it's not enough. We have to be at all times. You see, one of the things that I always pray that, God, may I be found in your house when you come. You see, because you don't know when God is coming. He will come like a thief. So when you say that day you are not in church and you are doing some money, uh, some sin somewhere, God will catch you, that's the end of you. 
Do you see? So you must decide to look. When, in fact, when you see that, you must make every effort to be in, in, at a church meeting. Go extra mile. There are many times that I cancel work. I call people and say, I cannot come. I have church meeting. It's not because I'm a leader. You see, you may think, oh, because he's a leader, you need to be there. But there are some leaders who don't come. What about them? Hmm? What about those people? It's because of the understanding I have concerning church service that God bless according to seasons. So if at, when I'm canceling meeting, I, I, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I thought we can come for prayer meeting. I said, I'm going to work. I said, oh. I don't know that God is coming after me, so I will stay small. You see, if we have this mind, if we understand this, that these are the laws which are at work whenever we gather, I think our life will be different. Ladies and gentlemen, be on your feet. Thank you. How many of you are blessed coming to church? I don't know, but I feel blessed by what I've heard. My conviction has gone high. And I feel more convinced about coming to church. This is a message that you know had you hardly hear. But God has blessed us today to hear this message. Somebody lift up your voice unto God and pray unto God. And so God, help me to be faithful. Lord, in fact, make ways for me so I'll be all constant in your presence. Lift up your hands to Jesus. Sing it on the prayer.
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for the revelation of truth. Indeed, oh God, your word is truth. Father, we have received your word. Father, we come against the best of the end, which will come and take this word from our hearts. We come against the curse and the deceitfulness of riches that will come to take away these words from our hearts. Father, we pray for a heart which is fertile. this seed, Father, water the seeds in our hearts, O oh God. Father, I pray against temptations which will come and take these words from our hearts. And in fact, multiply your fruits in our lives. As today we have made a decision that will not be absent in our hearts, O oh God. Father, help us, O oh God. Make ways for each and every one of us here gathered in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask, O oh God, that your angels will go before your children and make ways, straighten the ways for them, O oh God. May anyone who designed their schedule make way for them to come to church in the name of Jesus. Because, Lord, we are sure we know that the heart of the king is in your hand. And you can turn it wherever you want. Father, I pray that you will turn the heart of the kings to the favor of your children in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray may they prosper because of this decision that they have taken in the name of Jesus. And may you lift them higher and higher in their work with you. I thank you and bless you for what you have done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. With every eye closed, every head bowed, you are here. Every moment, move, movement ceases. It's a very important moment for us to take a critical look at our lives. Bible says, let us examine ourselves if we are still in the faith. It's very, very important, even as a Christian, to look into your life very well and see whether you are still in the faith. So you are here today. You are not born again. You have not surrendered your life to Jesus. Bible says, as many as receive Jesus Christ, to them God gave the power to be called the sons of God, even those who believe on the name of Jesus. You are not born again. You don't know Jesus Christ as Lord, the personal Savior. You come to just today, you go tomorrow, but you don't establish that relationship with Jesus Christ. This afternoon, I want you to give, I want to, I want to give you that opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. That is your access point to get. Bible says, whosoever is born again will enter into the kingdom of God. Which means without being born again, you cannot see or you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Somebody, you are here, you, are, you, don't, ask, you don't know Jesus Christ, ask the Lord, the personal Savior. Can you lift up your hands far up above your head and I will pray a simple prayer with you and your life will be transformed forever. Is someone here like that? Don't be shy. Bible says that if you deny me, I shall also deny you. You see, one of the things that we need to know is that you are not going to be buried with your friend. Or you are not going to stand in, in before God with your friend. You are going to stand alone. The judgment day is personal thing. The, what proclamation God will make about your life is not going to make it about a church. It's going to make it about your life. And it's important that you ensure your life. Very, very important. Anyone here like that? Everybody lift up your hands and pray this prayer after me. With all seriousness and fervency of heart. Say, dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord Jesus I, thank you I thank you for the gift of life. Gift of life. I thank you I thank for, coming for coming to die for me. Die. Jesus, Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I a, very bad sinner. a very bad sinner. 
Today, oh God, I run to your throne and I surrender to your power, to your kingdom. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Jesus, please come into my heart. Come and be the Lord of my life. Come and be the Lord of my life. Teach me what to do. Where to go. How to live. Jesus, help me to live for you. Satan, hear me this afternoon. I no longer belong to you. I no longer walk according to the course of this world. I am for Jesus. And Jesus is my master. He has died for me on the cross. And so my sins, my sins are forgiven. And my name is written in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus. May you be seated in the presence of God. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.